Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Bringing you the latest updates from the world of sports, gambling, and pop culture. Because you can't have a show without hot takes or a Tiger King meme these days. Know what I'm saying? Now, with over 200 episodes and ready to get after it again, here's your host, Dwayne Callender. Hello, welcome to the show, everyone. We are going to be going through the brackets by region. This time we are talking the South region, which features a number of really strong contenders for the Final Four in in the top four seats, in my opinion. Uh, I think the South has the most potential uh in in terms of the top four to actually get through to the final four i think the south has the best uh uh the best top four top to bottom without any holes uh that could actually make it to the final four Uh, so what does that mean that i would say that between baylor ohio state arkansas and purdue those would be the safest uh top four seats to actually get through uh, to the Elite Eight, so I would, at least from my opinion, I would feel far more confident in those top four seeds uh, getting, uh, uh, getting into, uh, well, getting into Sweet Sixteen than, uh, basically the other region. So, uh, we'll 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 break it down. But uh, Baylor, you know, in terms of their resume, they started out eighteen and zero. Some people would still say that they're better than Gonzaga. I'm not entirely sure about that, but uh, Baylor, uh, incredibly uh, deep team. Uh, Ohio State uh, played, I mean, played in the toughest conference uh, in the uh, NCAA this year in the Big Ten. I I mean, I don't think there's any doubt that the Big Ten was the toughest conference overall. Uh, And then you have Arkansas, who won 12 in a row against uh, in the SEC, which was very strong. The SEC had a really strong year and a bit of a resurgence. Uh, Eric Musselman has already completed a turnaround program, similar to what was going on with Nate Oates at Alabama. Uh, but uh, those two teams, uh, you know, taking the place of Kentucky, which just completely fell off the face of the earth uh, this year, you know, You've got a very strong Arkansas team that plays a frenetic pace that teams are not really that accustomed to and can uh, get them out of their element. So I do think Arkansas is a very dangerous out in this tournament. And then you got Purdue, again, another Big Ten school, incredibly solid across the board. Uh, No real issues on this team outside of the fact that they're a young squad. But skill-wise, they are pretty much uh, uh, solid across the board. I mean, re- realistically, the only reason why Purdue didn't get talked about more this year is because of how good the Big Ten was when you've got Ohio State, Michigan, Illinois. It, you know, it really uh, does get uh, hard uh, to uh, get noticed uh, in that region, but uh, in that conference. But, uh, you know, Purdue has. Uh, excellent chance of making a deep run 
and you know they're not going to be focused on that much because of of uh, just what they did in the regular season, kind of getting overshadowed by a bunch of teams. So you know it's just something to kind of keep your eye out for uh, in general because uh, you know we're not going to be uh, we're not we're not going to know exactly how. Uh, this uh, this is going to shape up, but I I do struggle to believe in the matchups here uh, favoring the top four seats. But let's uh, let's go through it uh, by the bracket. Baylor uh, they've got a 16 seed matchup against Hartford, who uh, won the American East uh, for the first time ever. So this their first NCAA bid. Uh, I don't see any potential for 16-1 upset. Uh, you know, this year especially. Uh, I I just don't see any sixteen one upsets. Uh, I I know how rare it is, and you know we did have we did have uh, the uh, UMBC Virginia debacle a couple of years back, but uh, I just don't see that uh, uh, remotely coming close this year. Uh, to be honest, um, but um. We have an 8-9 matchup between uh, North Carolina and Wisconsin. Again, this is really tight because Wisconsin had a very solid year uh, in the Big Ten, uh, you know, despite all the teams that they were going up against. Uh, and, you know, and I didn't even mention Iowa when I was talking through the Big Ten. That's how solid the Big Ten was. They, they just have so many schools uh, that were in the top 25 for the entirety of the season. Uh, UNC, uh, you know, they have talent. Uh, there's no doubt about it. it UNC can, uh, they're the eight seed. They can win this game, but I would not necessarily feel that confident in, uh, you know, in UNC uh, maxing up, uh, matching up against uh, Wisconsin. I know Wisconsin has been a roller coaster of if they're on it or off but you know winner take all who's the best team on the court i think it's wisconsin and i i just think it's just a matter of if wisconsin doesn't get in their own way they're gonna win this game so uh, i got wisconsin uh over unc now in terms of uh 512 matchup this is the one where everyone's picking an upset uh, between Villanova and Winthrop. Here's the deal. We're not entirely sure uh, what's going on with uh, Villanova because, again, we've got conflicting reports on what uh, what is going to happen with... Uh, Colin Gillespie, uh, you know, if he's actually going to be able to come back for any portion of this tournament. Uh, You know, with the NCL injury that he's got, I just, I just don't know what Villanova team we're going to get. So here's where, you know, tournament strategy comes into play. Do I think Villanova is going to beat Winthrop? Yes. But am I absolutely confident that they're going to get past Winthrop? No. Do I think Villanova in their present state, can they beat Purdue? Absolutely not. I re- I would be shocked if Villanova beats uh, Purdue in the second round uh, without Gillespie in the lineup. 
and by all accounts, it looks like he's not going to be available uh, probably until the late stages of the tournament. And at that point, you know, we're getting into a dicey situation where I just don't see, I don't really see where uh, we're going to be able to get, uh, I, I don't, yeah, I just don't see it uh, where Villanova is going to make it past the first weekend. So at that point, I'm kind of looking at it from the standpoint of you can take a 5-12 upset with Winthrop just depending on the scoring uh, uh, scoring style of your bracket. If it's uh, add the value of the seed or multiply the value of the seed, uh, this would be one to take a shot on because I don't see Villanova advancing that far past uh, the first round uh, in in this uh, opening round. So uh, that would be one where you can kind of take a shot on and maybe score some additional points over the field. Uh, so it's worth it's worth a punt at least. Uh, Purdue versus North Texas. You know, I already told you how high I am on the top four seats in the South region. I see Purdue winning, and I see them winning uh, in the second round against uh, the win- winner of Villanova-Winthrop. Uh, in the second half of the bracket, we got Texas Tech and Utah State. This is a tricky one for Texas Tech, mainly because, uh, you know, Tech has beaten top teams, and they've lost to a bunch of teams. Uh, it's a very volatile matchup because. I can see this going either way uh, between these two schools. Uh, you know, Tech should be favored. Uh, there's no doubt about that. But, you know, it's not entirely certain uh, that Texas Tech is going to be able to uh, manage with the size uh, on the interior Utah State has because they've got a seven-foot center in, uh, and I'm going to butcher his name, Nemias Queda, uh who averages three blocks a game, you know, he's going to contest shots in the middle. Uh, Tech is going to have to be able to hit their perimeter shots. And again, they've been very streaky throughout the year. So I, you know, I'm leaning towards Tech, but that is another upset that I could see happening. And it would not shock me in the slightest. Number three. Arkansas versus Colgate uh, from uh, my old uh, my old conference, the Patriot League. Uh, Arkansas, I already talked about how up and down they play an extremely frenetic pace. Colgate also plays a very frenetic pace. And, you know, no one has actually seen Colgate really play because the Patriot League had no non-conference games this year. Colgate also played the fewest games out of any tournament team, uh, I believe in history, uh, because the Patriot League had reduced so many games due to cancellation, due to COVID. You know, Colgate only played, I, I believe it was 15 games total, 14 games maybe, uh, if that. Uh, but uh, Colgate plays a very frenetic pace. They they shoot deep from three. They, they're going sh- to put up points. I just don't see any way of them slowing down Arkansas at all. And the fact that the opening line for this game was north of 100, uh, I believe it was 155 points, 
when this line originally opened up, you know, the bookmakers already know this is going to be a high scoring game. I just don't think Colgate is going to be able to keep up in the second half against Arkansas playing that at that level of speed. So I, you know, I don't see an upset here. I just think we're going to see a lot of points being scored and we could see Arkansas get close to uh, clipping 90 points in this game, uh, to be honest, uh, just because of the pace at the, uh, which these two teams play. Florida versus Virginia Tech. This is another coin flip matchup because I think you can make a solid case uh, for uh, either side uh, getting a win here, you know. And Virginia Tech didn't play all that much in the last month and a half of the year because of uh, of uh, protocols and, and canceled games. So uh, Virginia Tech could be very rusty, to be honest, uh, uh, playing so few games in the past month and a half. I don't know how they're going to look. You know, Florida, at best, is a one-win team in this tournament. I don't see either of these teams uh, really giving Ohio State a ton of trouble. If anything, it would be Virginia Tech if they were a bit sharper, but Again, we just don't know how Virginia Tech is going to look given the lack of playing time they've had uh, over the last uh, month and a half. So uh, I would lean towards Florida getting the win here uh, by virtue of uh, inactivity with Virginia Tech. But uh, neither of these teams I see doing much against Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State versus Oral Roberts. uh, You know, I think Ohio State takes care of business. And then. We get into this uh, uh, situation where, you know, in the second round matchups, I, I just see the top four seeds get make it straight through. I don't see, uh, I really don't see these other teams being able to uh, stop uh, uh, the top four seeds. So, you know, when you got matchups between Baylor versus Purdue, Arkansas versus Ohio State, I can make cases for any one of these four teams getting wins and coming out and winning the region outright. You know, I would lean towards Ohio State number one over all these teams, but I would not be shocked to see Arkansas, uh, Baylor, or Purdue in the Final Four. Like I said, this to me, uh, the South region has the strongest uh, top four seeds, in my opinion, in terms of capability of going to the Final Four. So, I really look at this as a case where, you know, we're going to see a bit uh, of uh, more uniform chalk, uh, to be honest, in this region. I think the Midwest region is where we're really going to have to concentrate on uh, finding uh, where we feel confident in with some of these picks. So uh, that does it for the South region. Let's uh, tackle. Uh, the Midwest uh, now because that's where we're really going to have some difficulty uh, feeling great about anyone not named Illinois or Houston. So Illinois uh, top seed in the region, you know, uh, won the big 10 tournament. And I will have to say that this is one of the most dangerous regions 
That no, nah, I won't say da- most dangerous. This is the danger most dangerous region in, in the entire tournament. This is the one that's probably going to blow up everyone's brackets uh, if you don't get it right. And I'll be honest, there was a lot of improperly seeded teams, in my opinion, in this region because some of these teams should have been either allocated to the west or moved to the south. But let's just get right down to it. Uh, you got top four seeds. Uh, one Illinois, two Houston. Uh, the three seed is West Virginia, whom I don't believe is a three seed. Uh, I think, uh, again, right off the bat, I don't like the three seed, and I don't like the four seed in Oklahoma State. I really don't like either the three or the four seed. So that's why I look at this as, like, these are the uh, types of uh, issues that crop up, and you can really see how certain teams are going to have some difficult times. And, you know, it's uh, it's a tricky, uh, some tricky matchup. So uh, let's get into it. Uh, Illinois versus Drexel uh, should be able to take care of business. I don't see any issues here uh, going up against Drexel. Loyola Chicago, the one that made the Final Four run a couple of years ago, Versus Georgia Tech, who won the ACC tournament and is on an incredible hot streak right now. Uh, I believe Georgia Tech is eleven and two since uh, the beginning of twenty twenty one. Loyola Chicago is no way, shape, or form an eight seed. They should have been a four seed in this region. How Loyola Chicago got the eight seed in the same region as Oklahoma State getting the four is maddening to me i don't know what the selection committee looks at when they're looking at some of these tournament resumes but uh these two teams are flipped and instead you've got a potential where you should have had a georgia tech team that probably was a seven seed or an eight seed going into a nine seed matchup i you know you've got two teams that definitely had capabilities of getting into the sweet 16 going out before the first weekend, because while I do believe Loyola Chicago is going to win this matchup, I can see Georgia Tech winning, but I'm not sold on Loyola Chicago knocking off Illinois. But if there was a one seed that I could see dropping before uh, the first weekend ends, it is Illinois because of the Loyola Chicago potential. Uh, I I think uh, Georgia Tech would give Illinois trouble, but I think uh, Loyola Chicago is the better Overall squad, I think Loyola Chicago is a top twenty team in the league. Uh, I mean, in the, in all of the NCAA this year, uh, Ken Palm had them ranked, uh, I believe, eighth overall in the tournament, which shows you how strongly they work out uh, statistically. So Loyola Chicago is a very very big problem for brackets uh, this year because they can easily blow up a bracket. And I wouldn't be shocked about it. So if you're playing multiple brackets, I would forecast the possibility of another Loyola Chicago run because this squad may be better than the squad that made it to the Final Four uh, a couple of years ago. And again, from a talent perspective, this is where I'm talking about, uh, you know, a lot of times in the NCAA tournament, you got to have certain factors of luck and uh, matchups play a, a role in uh where you get seeded and, you know, uh, positional matchups. But uh, Loyola Chicago could be a very big problem to deal with. 
the five twelve matchup: Tennessee versus Oregon State. Oregon State uh, made a, a run to win the Pac twelve tournament. Uh, twelve seed, you know, they seeded them in the same range as Georgetown. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with Georgetown or Oregon State getting those twelve seeds, but you know, it it is what it is. Uh, they got seeded there. I don't expect an upset here. I expect Tennessee to get the win here. Um, but, you know, it, it is one of those cases where uh, I I see Tennessee getting the win. And, you know, it comes down to how much I don't think, uh, I don't think Oklahoma State's all that great. Uh, I, you know, the issue I had with Oklahoma State is the fact that, you know, I know everyone is big on, uh, I mean, they, they talk about Cade Cunningham and how potential he is for, uh, being, uh, a top pick in the NBA and possibly being the top pick. I'm, I'm still not entirely sold on Cade Cunningham, to be honest. I really don't think uh, so. When it, a team is based on the quality of one player, basically, uh, you know it. It is uh, it is one of those things where I look at the supporting cast, uh, 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 Kelly and Avery Anderson. You know, good players. I. I just don't have a great feeling about uh, this Oklahoma State squad, and it's just me. Because uh, I know a lot of folks have picked them to be a dark horse team in the tournament. I just don't see it. Uh, do I see them beating Liberty? Yes. Do I see them beating Tennessee? I'm not entirely sold on that. Uh, uh, I think against quality competition, I, I think they, uh, they're they vulnerable. And again, I, I think a lot of this leans on Cade Cunningham having an amazing tournament. And like I, as I said, I'm not, I'm still not sold on him uh, just yet. So, you know, for everyone saying he's the number one uh, potential number one pick in the NBA draft, I, I, I gotta see more. Uh, I, I really do need to see more. I, I, I can't be any blunter about that. So, I, I'm gonna be further down on Oklahoma State as uh, most uh, than most people. And if it burns me, it burns me. But uh, I, I kind of stand uh, on that one. And you know, when you're kind of coming into these brackets, you got to start formulating kind of where you're going to go with a number of these uh, picks. So uh, I'm going to be further down on Oklahoma State than most. San Diego State in the bottom half of the region as the sixth seed versus Syracuse, the 11th seed, who probably shouldn't have even made the tournament, but Jim Beheim and crew are back in the NCAA tournament. And, you know, I don't necessarily think... uh, uh, Syracuse is gonna blow any rosters this year. You know, it's uh, it's one of those um, it's one of those things where I I I I guess it's a it's it's a case where you could say, you know, the two three zone can give teams fits and and cause uh, them to be. 
you know, not as sharp. I just think that San Diego State's just a flat-out better team. They won the Mountain West regular season and the tournament. Uh, realistically, they probably should have been closer to a four seed or a three seed. I I just think they're underseeded here. Uh, so I just don't see them drop into Syracuse. And I definitely think they're better than West Virginia, who plays Moorhead State. Uh, you know, West Virginia got the seeding and. You know, I just think they're overseeded. I, I don't see West Virginia necessarily uh, being that great. They haven't won four. They haven't pulled off four straight wins since December. They've been up and down. You know, they. You know, it's a Bob Huggins team. They can. They can play some defense. They can rebound. They got size, but you know, when it comes to shooting, they are suspect and I, I think in against quality matchups they can get they can get exposed and if uh Moorhead State from what I've been reading up on them if they seem to be a very good perimeter shooting team I think this could be a case where you could call for an upset because you know they've lost one game since uh late December they're one of the uh from a, a defensive t- statistics uh, with Ken Palm, uh, they rank uh, uh, amongst the best in the NCAA, especially high amongst the mid majors. I, I think West Virginia is vulnerable. Uh, you know, I wouldn't necessarily be that aggressive of calling Moorhead State upsets in every bracket, but I think having one—if you're playing multiple brackets—having one bracket where Moorhead State pulls off the upset isn't the craziest thing in the world. But I definitely think San Diego State's better than West Virginia in a straight-up matchup. So I would be taking San Diego State in most matchups against West Virginia head-to-head regardless. And then we got a 7-10 matchup between Clemson and Rutgers, where, again, I I think both of these teams probably could have been seeded 7-10, but probably put them in a weaker region. Like The Midwest just has too many killers, to be honest. Um, you know, Rutgers could easily win a game in this tournament as well as could Clemson. And the fact that they're playing each other is a bit unfortunate, but, uh, you know, this should be one of the more entertaining matchups in, in the first round. And, you know, I, I definitely think that, uh, you know, when we're looking at Cinderella teams, both Clemson and Rutgers have, uh, they have, uh, the, uh, a chance to do it and you know Rutgers was so bad for so long you know this is Rutgers first NCAA tournament since 91 if you don't believe you know players that stuck around with a terrible team uh and helped bring them back and you got Ron Harper Jr. yes the uh, junior as in Ron Harper uh point guard for the Clippers and more famously for the Chicago Bulls uh you know, you've got guys with pedigree. They can they can shoot the ball. They can play defense. Uh, you know, Rutgers is a tough out, and Clemson again. SEC was incredibly strong. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, I'm saying uh, I'm saying SEC. Clemson's ACC, but uh, Clemson had a pretty strong year uh, overall. Uh, 
uh, and the reason why I was saying SEC is because they beat Alabama, but that was a non-conference game, obviously. But Clemson beat Alabama, they beat Purdue, they beat Maryland, they beat North Carolina, and they also beat Purdue. Uh, uh, not not Purdue, I said Purdue, but Florida State. They've got a tournament resume that is very stacked. They've gotten the wins over uh, uh, the teams that they need to get wins against. This is one of those dark horse teams that you would talk about with the NCAA that, you know, in certain circumstances, they can make a run to the Sweet 16 or Elite 8. I, I definitely see the upside there uh, in the matchup. It's just that they got a very uh, tough first-round matchup against Rutgers and an even tougher uh, matchup in the second round against Houston, whom I expect to handle uh, Cleveland State. Here's the deal with Houston. Kelvin Sampson has built a juggernaut that is the most unheralded juggernaut in the NCAA tournament because no one's talking about Houston, but they are number one in field goal percentage defense. They can actually shoot the ball. And, you know, the biggest knock on Houston was the fact that they played in the American Athletic Conference. But the same knocks that you make against Houston is are the same knocks that apply against Gonzaga. So Gonzaga seems to be getting the pass while Houston is completely flying under the radar. I don't necessarily see Houston losing in this bottom half of the region. I think, you know, this is one of the stronger locks for uh, making it uh, to the Elite Eight. And because of how crazy the top half of the Midwest is with Illinois, at, you know, kind of having to get past uh, that second round matchup and you know, you don't know uh, if if we get an upset there. I think, uh, you know, the, t- the top half is going to be predicated on who wins the matchup between Illinois and the winner of uh, Loyola Chicago, Georgia Tech, because I think they can beat Tennessee. And obviously I have Tennessee ranked ahead of Oklahoma State. So when you're looking at the bottom half of the draw in the, in the Midwest, you know, Houston can uh, uh, make their bet here and uh, get themselves in favorable matchups, I think Houston is the most likely team to reach the Final Four in this region because of uh, the teams Illinois has to go through in the top half. So I really do like uh, Houston quite a bit. The struggle for them would be uh, that second-round matchup against Clemson and Rutgers. But as I said, it's not nearly as difficult of a path as Illinois has with uh, the Loyola Chicago Georgia Tech matchup. So to me, Houston lucked out with uh, not getting uh, the top half of the draw and getting the bottom half of the draw. So, you know, again, this is where you're kind of working out your strategy of where I want to go with uh, my brackets, because I can see the scenarios where it works out for Houston, but not necessarily Illinois in this region. So uh, that kind of wraps up uh, uh, the regions. But uh, again, when we're talking about teams that can win it all, you know, you're looking at Gonzaga, you're looking at uh, you're look you're looking at the Ohio States of the world. I'm you know definitely high on Baylor. If we're talking about the South region, I'm high on all top four seeds. 
Uh, but uh, I really like Gonzaga out in the West. Uh, to be perfectly honest, I, I I think the West is the weakest region overall with the strongest team in the region. Uh, so I have to favor Gonzaga in the West and in the East because of Michigan's issues. You know, they're they are vulnerable in the East and, uh, you know, a team like Alabama can definitely take advantage of it. Florida State can take advantage of it. Uh, Texas is certainly capable of making the run. You know, there are teams in the East that can uh, certainly surge. And, you know, in the South, as I said, wide open, in my opinion. And in Midwest, you know, as good as Illinois is, Houston has the better draw to get to the Final Four. So a lot of interesting dynamics that can play out in this tournament and can't wait to uh, find out uh, how it sorts itself out. But uh, definitely curious uh, to see how... uh, uh, this uh, this all shapes up because uh, we we have a chance for a very uh, upset driven tournament uh, based on the lack of crowds and you know it's going to be interesting to see uh, how some of these teams play on a truly neutral court uh, given the lack of uh, presence uh, with the crowd so uh, that's going to do it for the show but uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the tournament uh, we're all hoping for a successful and safe tournament for everyone involved. So until next time, enjoy the games, and we'll definitely uh, catch up as uh, the tournament progresses. But bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all other major outlets. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.